0: All right, welcome back to the Rally Report podcast. Got one of the original guests on that what I thought was one of the best episodes we've done on the pod to this day. And that had a lot to do with Andrew's transparency, which is always appreciated, but could not be more excited to have him back on. And even better, it's fucking fantastic to see him pursuing a professional career post college since a majority of our last
1: conversation was surrounding that.
0: But yeah, let's get it rolling. Uh, how have you been, Andrew? How's it going?
1: Thanks for having me back, Sean. Yeah, I really, I really enjoyed uh, chatting last time. Um- Glad to see the podcast doing so much better since, uh, having far better guests than, than me since the last time we talked. So that's a a positive note,
0: but yeah, no, I appreciate that. I guess it's nearing a full year since you graduated, but just want to get your take on, you know, how the tour has been treating you there. I know it's, I think it's been a bit under the radar. Your rise in the rankings currently ranked in 63, obviously having a hard time for me keeping up with this weekly ranking change nonsense, but that's just my opinion. But yeah, give us your first take on your first year on the tour. I know you've had some reservations with the professional circuit, but where's your head at? Yeah.
1: yeah, it's been a it's been a real up and down year. It's like as you said, we we talked a lot about um deciding to to play pro and all these things and yeah, it's been it's been tough. Um but it's also been rewarding at other times as well, you know, especially during the summer. I graduated in August actually.
0: Um oh so, wow okay okay yeah I graduated,
1: because I, I I did a masters after so I graduated in August and then I was kind of I was doing some like you know thesis things and and research during those summer months um and then yeah I thought the the first half of the year went really well for me um and then for like a number of reasons and just you know internal and external issues I've just kind of struggled the past few months honestly um yeah, it's been it's been definitely an eye opening experience of like what the tour is like and like what it is truly like for someone, at least where I am ranked, because that's all that I can see. Um mm-hmm. but yeah, it's been so so it's been both eye opening, exciting, challenging, all the above.
0: Yeah, I think that's good. So you're doing majority challenger tours right now, probably trying to crack out of that and, and yeah. do the platinum events, but what what has been the biggest challenge or frustration? going through that.
1: I mean I think there were a lot of challenges. I think I think that one, one of the toughest points was uh so I kind I I in November October November kind of before that I had some decent results um and then I decided to go to Australia which was I went there for a month actually from that November was really good to, yeah. yeah November to December and it was kind of a big investment and it was a, a big large amount of time and effort and energy that I was dedicating to, to traveling and playing. And I went there and I had, I played some of the best squash that I've played and I was, I was moving well. I wasn't injured mentally. I was, I was there. Um, and I kind of got up to, I think 52 or so in the world, 53, maybe somewhere around there. And then, you know, I kind of come back and I was just dead, you know, like I, I, mm-hmm. I felt like I'd, I'd worn out my squash, Talk about like a social battery. Like I'd worn out my my squash battery, both yeah, yeah. physically and mentally. Um, and and it just was tough because this the sad not the sad thing, but the reality of it is, no matter how well you do, there's always just another tournament. You know, there's another event and another event. Um, I think yeah, the the darkest point not not dark but the saddest point was after that point where I felt like I really played some great squash and and I was excited to hopefully get into the bigger events. Um, I went to Houston for a challenger event and it was just brutal. Like there was, I played a semifinal with swear to God, four people in the crowd. and the, the referee oh. was a 13 year old boy from the club. And in the end, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying that, that this is abnormal on the tour. Like that's very normal. Um, but it just felt like, well, shit, this sucks. Like I'm not enjoying mm. this. Um, and I guess I just i let myself get into believing that kind of I'd gotten past that um mm-hmm. but yeah you know, it definitely changed my my perspective and you know on uh, uh, what what like squashes for me going forward as a pro has that dejected you a bit or are you
0: were you at right like right this moment with the... yeah
1: I mean I think it was i think it, it didn't deject me I think it's just the reality of it is like there's you have to just always regardless of what the tournament is, there's always another tournament, you know, for these top guys, even if you're winning, you know, I guess Diego is winning every tournament now, pretty much. If you're Diego, there's still another tournament, maybe next week, or uh, I don't know, two weeks from now, um, you have to Just be willing to, to put in every single event. And I think that for me in college, it was always, and, and even in juniors, there was always like a very clear amount of time and like end, like I was okay, I'll try really hard for this one event, then I'll have like a month, you know and and mm. I think that was something that I really didn't account for playing pro um oh the, the it week really by was, week it's just yeah. constant, yeah, it's just constant um and i I don't know if that really suited me, so i I think now I'm learning to to pick and choose a bit better and uh you know, honestly, just try to enjoy the events more than just try to, like, focus on playing as many as I can or just, you know, getting so burnt out.
0: Yeah, actually, I think I had a couple questions regarding why you aren't playing every event, which is, I guess, yeah. right on this topic. Um, so how, how do you go about picking events? So it seems like the Australia hold the whole trip there was a big investment on your end. But yeah. clearly, it seems you have more of a strategy going into how you pick out events.
1: Well, I don't know. I mean I, I think the uh the old there was there was this whole big debate of PSA around like the divisor and you know how how that incentivized players to play every tournament, which I think was true because you basically wanted as many shots at winning as possible. And if everyone was playing every event, that basically made it an arms race to play as many events as possible, yeah. which is which is what ended up happening. And I felt like, well, I'll just enter a bunch of events. Um, and I tried to enter most of the events and, you know, it's also kind of, for me, I think it's definitely like place specifically. If there's a place that I really want to go, I think that incentivizes me more to go, whether it's like, but if it's like Houston again, like, I don't think i am I'm going to Houston. I don't want to go to, you know, no offense to Houston, but it's a shit city. Um, Uh yeah, there's just uh, like, I think that's the biggest thing is trying to find something else that I enjoy other than just showing up for an event and feeling like I have to be there.
0: Another topic that I wanted to get into with you was the whole, and I think you said the whole thirteen-year-old refinger your match, is mm. objectively crazy. Yeah. But I know refing has been such a controversial thing as these past couple of years in squash. But what has been that been like in the Challenger Tour? Is that been a challenge for you it's
1: it's obviously it's a mess yeah i mean i I had an event uh in september i mean like i played in a match where a guy hit me in the face three times with his racket um oh geez it wasn't intentional i have no idea but i was by, by the end i couldn't see because my eye was so swollen um and yeah i mean obviously it's a mess but what do you expect like this is this is my thing with with the refing and like, especially the, the players that like constantly post on social media, complaining about it. Like we get it. Like a Saul is he's, 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 he's cheating, you know, to a certain extent he's cheating, but also like, there's just not going to be anything done about it. You know, like he's playing within the rules of the game, just as all the players that are doing the same thing on the challenger tour are doing like the rules are written in such a vague way that they are doing what's within the, the, the rules. Um, mm-hmm. So, i don't I don't understand why there's this constant complaining, oh like you know it's ruining the sport, it's ruining the sport. If you look at the rules, that's exactly how it was written. there's like it's written in like scenario form. there's not any clear like there's not any clear rules about how much space is too much space. you know mm-hmm. like you're allowed to take up as much space as you want, basically. There's no rule about that in squash. so that's my biggest thing is I hate seeing people on social media constantly complain about it you know, like that. I don't know how you feel. I don't know if you're allowed to say how you feel about that. But um, like I agree with them. But I also think that it's just, it's useless and annoying.
0: Yeah, no, I, there's part of me that's just, it was always entertained by that, the whole assault thing. Yeah. But uh, yeah. we're getting to a point where it's getting a little repetitive and this it's yeah. the same old story. But I mean, it was funny because I had lined up a question about, I was very curious to hear your take on the Saul thing, because it's 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 either this or that. Of you're a huge supporter, and you think there's a conspiracy theory, and everyone's out to get him. And there's the other part of it, which is he's absolutely ruining the sport; and needs to be banned at all times.
1: But yeah, I think, in my honest opinion, I think there's two things going on. I think that he clearly has not either. No one has told him, which means he keeps an incredibly tight and incredibly unintelligent circle, or. He, I don't know what's going on in his or ser- either. No one has told him that what he's doing is self-harming or he, or he just doesn't comprehend that because like I, if you watch him play, I do think he's the best player in squash. Like, I, I just don't see how you can I just, you, you, obviously someone can beat him, but I do think he's the best player. And I think that, mm. I think that, you know, I don't understand why he's doing it. So I think there's that, right? Like, I don't understand why he's doing it. It's clearly either like some mental issue he has or he just can't control himself. And the other side of it is I think players, I think part of it is just like, I think that it's going to get more competitive and I think mean, it's going to get more physical. And I think I watched Joel Macon play him at Canary War. Okay. That, was... that was totally fine. Like everyone was like, oh, such ugly squash, such ugly squash, but they both played within the rules. Was it like the was it super clean as we would say? No, it's not. But at the same time, you know, I I don't see anything wrong with that. It's better than Joel going on social media and saying, oh, Saul's not giving me a line. Like at least do something about it if you're going to talk on social media.
0: Fair enough. Yeah. Usually. Yeah.
1: I I think he made a clear point that,
0: he's going to play the exact same game that he's going to, he's going to play. I think before even the match started, I think on the interview before, but yeah, there was a lot of divided opinions about that
1: match. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I just don't, I I don't, I can't comprehend why a behaves the way he does. I think he, to be that good at that age as well. I think there must be a lot of stuff going on in his brain. So I don't know what, what he's thinking about. Um, and I also think, Joel, I think, made a calculated decision, which I respect just as much. Mm-hmm. Well,
0: I want, I want to kind of hear about your experience. Has there been any controversial or heated match you've been a part of uh, since you've joined the tour fully? Because this is one of the Instagram questions I've
1: had, yeah, pro- asked. Yeah, probably the most controversial was against uh, this big Egyptian guy, Safe Safe El, Shina- El Shinawi. That was probably the most contentious match I played. Um And yeah, it was definitely terrible and miserable. And at the end of the day, like, what did I, what my coach, uh, Stu was talking, he's like, yeah, like, honestly, I wouldn't, I'd rather not play squash that way either. And I think that that's true. I would Mm -hmm. rather not play squash if that's the way it's going to be played. But at the same time, like, he really wanted it, you know, And, and I don't think that that's necessarily fair, but as long as the rules aren't going to do anything about it, that's what's going to happen. Like the player, if you're willing to go to that extreme, you know, like there's nothing stopping you, especially in the challenger tour when like you've got other players refereeing mm. and you know, you don't want to start. If you if I'm another player refereeing, you know, someone that I know even remotely, I'm not going to give them conduct warnings or conduct strokes. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, do you think, do you, you think know, players
1: take advantage of that? I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of dirty matches, um, but I actually haven't really seen any that were that outrageous. I haven't seen any that were that outrageous. Okay. Uh, the worst one, the worst and the funniest one that I saw was that same guy, Safe, playing Bernat, Spanish guy. Yeah. And uh, the match ended by conduct match, maybe because oh, wow. Burnett or he was down. He was going to send it to five, then safe like blocked him out pretty aggressively to go up maybe like or maybe get 10 all in the fourth and and bernat just like took his racket and swung it at his head um and i think the guy just ended the match yeah and it was yeah it was a it was a funny end to to the match um but it definitely made didn't make me want to go play him either (laughs) which is completely fair
0: I wanted to kind of rewind the clock here, and I'm fully assuming this, that you're absolutely so sick of hearing this question, but never really got your full take on the CSA championships last year, uh, which I'm sure was yeah. a heartbreaking moment. Yeah. But now that a yeah, year has passed and a full season has happened, thought you know it might be a right time to get your thoughts on what was a very controversial uh, decision and mm. what was running through your mind throughout that entire experience and how you moved on from that because you had to jump into individuals pretty much the week after. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it was by far the most it's still heartbreaking today. Um and, and a lot of that feels like I think it even though five players have to lose, it does it does weigh on me specifically, I think, because I had match balls and I and I felt like I could have closed that match out. So yeah, on the one hand I do feel um uh, some responsibility and I and I feel like, you know, I yeah, I feel like I let my team down in many ways. Um, but I'm also incredibly grateful. Like I look back on being with that team and I'm certain that none of the other players on opposing teams, whether we beat them or lost to them, um had the same experience that that we did and and uh got to feel the the true emotions of being on a team and and going all in and and the emotions of coming so close and losing. Mm. Um like that that is that is something that I think that that I'm really grateful for um, because looking back, I'll be honest, like nothing that I do in squash from now on will compare with, with that day and and the emotions of that day. Um, So yeah, I'm, I look back on it and I think it's, I look back on it fondly. Um, I look back on it because we were all together and just being on, like, honestly, I would, I would take that day and being back on that team and in that environment any day, we're, we're, mm. even if we had to lose every single time and, and feel that pain over and over again. Um, I, I can't, you know, I, I, I'm the biggest advocate of, of college squash.
0: And I guess this week, so like, what was your take on this season? And are there, are there any concerns that you have with the CSA since there has been a lot of discussions with the level dropping off and. Yeah. Yeah. I do don't you agree, know. Do you, I mean, do you agree with that take or like completely disagree with level dropping
1: was, off? I think that, I think that last year was was quite a high level. Like you had mm. Yusuf and Victor both in the finals, guys who are now top ten ish in the world. Um that's pretty abnormal. Mm. And I don't think that you should expect that to be the norm going forward. But I think the level was still quite high. I watched a couple of the pen matches. I watched them lose to Harvard at Harvard, which was obviously another heartbreaking match.
0: Yeah, that was a <laughs>
1: um I was watching the live scores when they were playing at nationals. Um, another heartbreaker. So, you know, I'm I'm confident. I hope that that they they get a national title with guys that I still know on the team. That mm-hmm. would be something that would be be really cool for me um, and all the guys that I played with, and now the guys that have just graduated. But I think, yeah, I don't know. I, I still think the level is going to be pretty high. Um, mm-hmm. Like you had, who won this year? Who won? Uh, Trinity kid, right? Kid yeah. Trinity kid.
0: Tri- yeah, Trinity kid. Yeah, Trinity Muhammad Sharaf won. Yeah, yeah, he won. I, I guess I I, I want to kind of go back to the not to harp on your har- the heartbreaking
1: loss here, but and, and I <laughs> I ask about what I thought of the the refereeing decision.
0: <laughs> uh, well, yeah. Let's. Why don't we kind of talk about were you? What was funny to me when we when look at the clips that no one really talks about is you didn't challenge that decision much. You went straight back to the service box, but I think there was a yeah, decision I, I, before that you were not happy about.
1: If you, yeah, do you Well, yeah. I think when, when you're in the moment, you're just like, I think you train yourself to, he's not going to change his call. Just just move on. Yeah. You know, And I think that generally I try to do that. Sometimes I'm unsuccessful, but generally I try to be you know, realistic about the fact that the referee is not going to change their call. So I wouldn't read into that too much. I think obviously looking back, I don't remember it, honestly. Like I was so locked into the match that I don't really remember ever feeling like I had won, even though people were like, Oh, you know, you thought you had won. Um, I will say that the guy who was refing with the referee, I saw at a junior tournament ref entire uh, finals matches, three age groups of finals matches on a low ten without noticing. So I will say that he might have a screw or two loose when it comes to his squash knowledge. Uh, um, but uh, honestly, I don't, I, I don't really, I, I don't think about that too much. Like, hmm. I lost the match; it was a toss up. Um, you know, I'm not gonna like bicker about the calls because it is what it is. Um, yeah. there's nothing I can do to change it. And, uh, if I had won an extra point, we wouldn't be talking about it. So I don't know, it's, uh, yeah, it's squash refereeing, there. you know, like it, it's squash refereeing you're talking about. It's sad, but it's the truth the, the refereeing in squash is not done by people who have trained for years in their mm. craft, you know, at, at best they do. This is a hobby. Um, and that's not knocking them, not saying they don't try their best, but you know. If you look at the guys that, that ch- try to be NBA refs, or the guys that try to be any big sports referees, those guys like work there pretty much. Their they pass their, exams. Their
0: they get yeah. paid well. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah real exams. Um, <laughs> so I don't know. I, I like. I, I don't. I don't know really what I can say about it, other than mm. yeah. like it sucks. How do, you,
0: how do you? Were you locked into the individuals tournament right after? Or were you like, "Fuck this! I'm so checked out." Yeah,
1: no, I didn't want to play at all. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was it was definitely super depressing. I don't think any of us wanted to be there. Um, yeah, but it was it was nice to. I think we again, like we all felt the same way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I actually ended up playing pretty well. I played first round. I played okay. I think I played Omar El Torki. and then I played. Uh what's his name? Uh oh Marwan in the quarters. That's a actually tough played match. really well. Yeah. Yeah. I felt like I played really well there. Um and I won 3-1. Uh and then at that point I played Victor again. And and frankly, like I'm not saying that I lost the match before I went in, but I just I was happy with where I was. I did not want to play Swash again for another, you know, couple of weeks. Um and that 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 was that. I was also just yeah, emotionally pretty drained. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, he, he was the better player for sure.
0: I think one thing I wanted to ask you was, I remember last time we talked about how back in the day you you were very uh, competitive in the way, like how people were moving up the rankings and that had bothered yeah. you. And then you kind of, that, that kind of mindset kind of shifted. Obviously, there's so, there's so many, a bunch of you who are playing at such a high level right now in that year of... You know, post grad mm-hmm. guys, and they've all been. I mean, it's like it kind of disregards how you guys, you've been moving up the rankings, how fast they've been moving up the rankings. Yeah. Is that, does that give yeah. you more of a hope of like, I know I can compete with these guys, I know I could play at that level, or is it more of like,
1: how do you feel about that? Yeah. I think it's a good question. I, I honestly don't feel much about it. Mm-hmm. And, I, and that might be telling in itself. Um, like, you're right, I used to feel a lot of, like, you know, I can I can be right there with them, I can be at that level. Why, you know, like, not why am I not there, but, you know, I, I can push up to that level. Um, and while I think that on my day I can still play at that level, I do think that, especially in the past year, I've become more focused on, like, what I want out of squash. Um, mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, like, I think people forget it's a career, you know, um, and that means like, means a lot of things. And I think that I'm trying to put this in the, in the most succinct way possible, but I, I just think that, I don't know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to not say anything that I'll regret. Um, <laughs> cut
0: this out, hopefully.
1: Uh, you can, you know, no, we, I, yeah,
0: you can. I can cut it no, out. No, no, I, I just want you free flowing on where your thoughts are on this one. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, honestly, I go in between thinking that I've just, ch- I've I've honestly changed a lot as a person in the past two years from where I was when I was maybe 18, 19, even 20. Um, and I think that squash has changed me. And I think that like being on tour has changed me um, because if I'm being truly honest, like, do I see do I want to be grinding out tournaments regardless of their level five, six years from now? The answer to that is probably no. Mm-hmm. Um and I think that on the one hand, I've become super grateful for the tournaments that I do play in, where it's like regardless of who I'm playing or where it is or what level it is, I'm honestly just happy to to be playing still. Um And while that might sound like I'm not ambitious, like I'm obviously still competing and training as hard as I can. But I think that seeing those guys at that level and seeing what it takes from them has kind of given me perspective on what I want and maybe how that somewhat differs from what I would have wanted three years ago and and maybe what those guys do. I I don't know what they want either, so I'm not trying to put put, um, words in their mouth.
0: I kind of want to ask you some blunt questions. Hopefully it's not too fucking rude, but say that you have a hypothetically say that you have a couple good tournaments, say that you win a couple and then you break into the, Say that you move up to like 25 by the end of the year next year. Do you think that'll change where your mindset is? Or do you think you're still, you think that would? you're pretty stuck on how you're thinking right now with this?
1: Yeah, I think, so I think part of it comes down to, I think a getting to that level for me would require a change of lifestyle. Um, like right now I work two jobs in addition to playing pro squash right now. I, you know, I probably don't, don't do the, the things that, that are really required to get to that top level, you know, really paying attention to like, all of your sleep, all of your eating, all of your this, you know, all of all of that stuff. So I think that getting to that level would really require me to change my lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So that's the first thing. And I, do I think that I would be willing to make those changes? Yes. You know, I think that's a tough one because obviously if you could just transport me there and say, oh, you're top whatever in the world, maybe I would feel differently. I don't mm-hmm. think I would. Um, just because I spent so much time thinking about it, but yeah, I don't know. I, I do think that just like the fact that just in order to get there, there's a whole set of what's the word, not barriers, but a whole set of changes that I would need to make to my life that I really don't feel inclined, uh, to do is the bluntest way of putting it.
0: Yeah. I think,
1: I mean, that's completely fair. And I think, I mean, it's just
0: so fascinating to get your take on this because I'd say 90 either 99% yeah. of the players from that 90 99% of batch won't communicate this of what you're what you're yeah. feeling or yeah. it's either the tunnel vision of I'm going to be I have what it takes yeah to I actually one. I actually
1: never know how many other players feel that way or um or don't because like I, I quite enjoy, I love playing squash um and I, and I love competing and I love being able to still play regardless of whether it's a 10k a 20k 70k um obviously at the bigger events you kind of get better amenities you're making more money marginally I'll, I'll give you that but you're making more money um so yeah I never I never quite know I kind of feel I feel I mean maybe it's just I'm jaded in some way um but yeah I don't think that my life would would change that much if I were suddenly making second or third rounds of, of platinum events.
0: Mm-hmm. Andrew, how are you, how are you juggling? Candidly speaking, how are you juggling this financially? Uh, are you like, is it, has it been difficult yeah. or has like sponsors? Well, just been th- so that this comes or?
1: back to the, I, I literally have not received $1 <laughs> in sponsorship money. And I, I would love to know if someone could tell me how to get sponsors. The ol- the only one that I know that's actually quite good at it is Spencer. Spencer's Spencer has legitimate sponsors that aren't like, fake family friends, you know, like he has real sponsors that like, I think actually they have like a, a symbiotic relationship where he gives them something and they receive something in return. And there's like a real exchange of something. Um, but no, I don't have a single sponsor. And I think that was, I don't know if we talked about this last time we spoke, but one of the big things for me was being able to support myself financially, like fully, um, And I kind of was, I kind of felt like if this is supposed to be a career, then I should at least be able to break even, you know, and survive. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that, yeah, that led me down the path of like searching for things that I could do to make money in addition to playing squash. Um, And I didn't want to coach squash. I'm not very good at it, nor do I really enjoy it. So I didn't want to coach um, so I, I, I went down like a number of different paths trying to find things that I could do and play. Mm-hmm. And actually it's been financially, I probably overshot a little, like if I was just trying to purely break even, I probably was doing too much work. Um, but at the same time, like I really struggled just to play squash. Um, yeah. it's mentally really tough for me and, and socially really tough for me. And, um, yeah, I I have a huge amount of respect for the players that do do it because I don't think people understand how fucking boring it is. Like, it's really boring and really monotonous and really mind numbing. And like, there's just no, there's no, there's no, like, there's no stimulation either like intellectually or there's something you're, you're playing for that hour and then that hour you're stimulated. But, um, yeah i I think that i have a huge amount of respect because in order to to be that good you have to be super disciplined and like Mm. willing to to go through that that level of boredom
0: that's yeah no that's that's great yeah it's great take andrew how how involved are you with the us specter center and them trying to build a hub there have i i feel like i've spoken to enough of the US players um, both on the male and female side and it seems like everyone has a slightly different approach with how that uh, operation works. It seems like some have some reservations would love to just get your day to day.
1: I don't have any reservations I so I uh, my day to day I'm there every morning for a gym se- most mornings at like 7 715 for a gym session um, and I go to all the group sessions. I love the group sessions bang he runs sessions for whoever's around um, and I love those. Um, and yeah, that, that's pretty much my two main involvements there is the group sessions. We'll play matches, um, and the gym sessions. So that's like 85% of my training right there. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, so that's, that's my, I, I don't feel a whole lot of like investment in like this becoming, you know, some sort of future home of. US champions like that doesn't really do it for me for whatever reason I just don't feel super invested in it but I think that it's an incredible place to have and I think that it's um and honestly I really enjoy it like I'm a, I'm a, I know there are people that are reserved about it but I'm definitely not in that camp I think that for me it's worked out phenomenally um it's mm-hmm. like a 15 minute ride from my house and yeah. And I enjoy, you know, they have a sauna there, which is, which is nice. Uh, the Can't gym sessions are great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, gym sessions are great. Group sessions are really good. So yeah, but I, you're right. I know that some people have like a, a bigger amount of buy-in to like the future of the center. Whereas I don't know if I, I don't know if I have the bandwidth or just the interest in, in, uh, mm-hmm. really like, putting myself out there for that. Um.
0: Well, I kind of wanted to wrap it up with, I know you have the, there's a lot of events coming up. Um, I guess mm-hmm. your squash man with has, has to probably be there for this, but we have the nationals coming up pretty much real fucking soon. And then I also know that yeah. you qualify for the PSA world championships, which is pretty much yeah. the epitome of the biggest event in squash. But yeah. What how are you feeling about those tournaments? Yeah. I'm
1: excited for nationals. I mean, that's always uh, a big event for, for everyone that plays in the U S so I'm excited for that. Um, and worlds I'm also excited for, uh, those are like making worlds was definitely a big goal just because it feels meaningful regardless of, of the sport you play or anything like that. So I'm, uh, I'm glad that I'm playing in worlds regardless of, you know, who I'm playing or, or or how I do. So I think that's, that's something I'll be proud of. And, uh, yeah, I mean, not playing too much after that, um, but yeah, I'm definitely trying to trying to wind down the season for sure. Let's go. Well,
0: um, best of luck yeah. to those events. And honestly, I think I'm going to yeah, wrap it up right there. Uh, but, Sounds Andrew, as always, fucking appreciate
1: your honesty on this. Always yeah, love the discussion. Appreciate it. Thanks, Sean.